You're listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, brought to you by the Raven Creek Social Club, where we talk about faith and other oddities. For questions, comments, or to be part of the conversation, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find us at Raven Creek SC. Now for your hosts, Emily Dixon and Nathan Underwood. Everyone, welcome to the show. Um, things are a little different this week, as you might be able to see. Um, we're not quite square with the room today. <laughs> we're um, askew. We are askew. And, and the camera's at a different angle. Um, so uh, we have in the studio with us Justin Westmoreland, and we're going to kind of mm. talk to him. Uh, he is the, a church planner, planning a church here in Norman. He is a, is a certified uh, I'm, I'm workout. Uh, certified. Yeah. By, uh, no, certified workout. <laughs> Uh, uh, personal instructor, personal, personal trainer. trainer yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sorry. I'm sometimes I don't speak well. I thought um, you were going to say we're certifiable, certifiable, and, which is different. Well, he is a, he is a church them. planner. <laughs> yeah, so we don't insanity. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be talking to him, um, kind of get to know him a little bit better. And so, Justin, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, got it. We just want to take a moment and first off, uh, let's let everyone get to know you a little bit. Um, so, what is your background? Right. So thank you for having me on the show. This is a privilege and honor. First time to ever be a guest on a podcast. So thank you. Oh yeah. You. And podcaster. I'm ah. sorry. I forgot. Justin also is a podcaster. He uh, has a, the Fully Alive podcast, which we'll talk more about in just totally. a little bit. But right. yeah, first, just kind of give us a, a bit of your background. And um, one thing that we talked about earlier, and this is, this is the part that kind of intrigues me, is you talked about you, you, weren't, you didn't grow up in church. You kind of... Right. Uh, came to it did you say your senior year in high school or near the senior year okay because and now that's something that fascinates me because i grew up in church so i'm gonna stop talking and let you tell us about that (laughs) yeah okay so the way i understand it my parents left the church pretty early on when i was born and we never went to church basically unless the grandparents are visiting now so my grandparents very involved in the church extremely involved every uh, church of christ background southern baptist background so every time the church doors are open they're in the church yeah well sounds familiar <laughs> right so they're they're there and i think that just maybe burned my my parents out that that was maybe one factor thinking through just issues that they've had mm-hmm. and as soon as they got out of there it's like they ran for the hills mm-hmm. and, and you know just a antidote i mean Sometimes you, you get confirmed in a different type of church, and then once you get confirmed, you just sort of leave, mm-hmm. and, and they, they left. And so when we moved away from home, Northeast Arkansas, where I was born, to Texas, then back to Arkansas, when we got back to Arkansas, I had no interest in church, absolutely zero mm-hmm. interest. My middle school friends were all involved in church, youth groups, things, and so eventually they would, they would try to get me to go, and... I'd go occasionally, didn't want, to, didn't want to have anything to do with the gospel. Just all social, no gospel, hated it. Eventually, though, I became a believer. And this is imperceptible to me. Before the foundation of the world, I'm sure God had me, and he knew me. But he had all these other ways I had to get through and pass to get through before I got to becoming a believer. So this was late in high school. When I became a believer, it was one of these moments where... I went home to my parents and told them what was going on, told my mom, and she said, hey, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. And so they'd never been real, you know, antagonistic, but there was a moment in college where I was like, hey, I want to go into ministry, and they were very, I think, terrified of that, <laughs> and, and as maybe they should be, you know? So, yeah, so, the, you know, everyone wants a doctor or a lawyer, because, you know, yeah. the, that's their retirement plan, yeah, right? That's so, right, no. yeah. <laughs> and the, the ministry has, has not been that bad. I mean, look, we were making decent living, and thankful for that. And, uh, but I, I think they say, Hey, for the amount of education you put into it, you don't get paid. Um, I, I think being a professor and something like that would be a similar calling, you know, you're, you're taking a hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, that's, I definitely know from a few professors that I know. Well, I know Emily, you, you've taught <laughs> adjunct at, at a couple of, at, at Bacone for a while. Ah. And I know that you've got way more uh, put into your degree than you've gotten out of it. It's a labor and, of love. Uh, and I know a, a lot of, uh, a couple professors that I know up at OU even have to write grants every year just to keep their position. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you don't get into it unless you you're, are, you're committed. You're committed. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so I was committed. I was all in. And I, I, when I got to college, I was trying to see everything I could see about the church and Christ and, and get involved with, with all of the Bible studies, everything. I'm talking charismatic, <laughs> uh, Church of Christ, Campus Crusade, Baptist. I eventually found my way into a Presbyterian church through trying to date a girl in college. <laughs> and and she, she ended up bringing me to Park City's Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I went to Southern Methodist University for college. Okay. And so it's kind of right down the street from there. Mm-hmm. Well, big church, very high liturgy, traditional, uh, beautiful church building right there in the middle of Dallas. And they had John Piper speaking that, that morning, the first day mm-hmm. I ever visited. And he was a he was a big name. In yeah. fact, my, my freshman year, my roommate was obsessed with this guy who I'd never heard of, John Piper. <laughs> and so these guys, these Reformed-ish guys and R.C. Sproul kept coming across the pike for me. Well, Romans became a fascination of mine. And um, being, being a you know, college kid and interested in the Bible, I started asking questions and got really into, into studying, yeah. leading the Bible study. Eventually, 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 that whole, you know, Park City's Presbyterian thing happened. I got connected to the minister there and the college minister and, and the college minister who was involved in a ministry called RUF or Reformed University Fellowship, took me under his wing, would answer questions, have me in his home, really shared his life with me mm-hmm. and discipled me in a way that I was like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. I would love to do this. So college ministry was, was the next step for me after college. I was a mechanical engineering major. So I had two, two resumes, the mechanical engineering major uh, resume, and then the youth ministry resume. Mm-hmm. So the idea was go and get a college, or go and, uh, probably go to a college town, work in a church, get some experience in a church, and then head to seminary. And then after seminary, get into the RUF campus ministry. And so that was the plan. I got married when I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, post-college at a church, working in a church in Knoxville there, uh, right in the shadow of University of Tennessee. That's where my wife was attending school. For graduate degree, she's from Alabama originally. Mm-hmm. So none of us, we're not from Oklahoma. We got married and we moved here later on. Later on, so we got so, you. So we, what oh, brought yeah. you to Oklahoma? Yeah, great question. So so got eventually got involved in the RUF campus ministry, and then that brought me to Oklahoma. Okay. So so I was a I was a campus. Uh, I was I was doing a degree for seminary over in Charlotte, North Carolina. The first RUF opening was in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Took that one. Was there five years. Great time, and then. We're looking to move. I always thought I'd kind of end up in Arkansas, back home. Yeah. But that job just wasn't opening up. So there's only one there at the University of Arkansas. And we got antsy, and we're ready to move. And it was just a great time. And, the, and OU called, and, and we visited, and here we are. So yeah. we came to OU to work as a campus pastor. I was a campus pastor at the University of Oklahoma for five years. Okay. So, yeah. so that's, that had to be like, interesting. Yeah. I was like, and, and, and OU is a good place, and, and the, the yeah. town's great. Oklahoma is kind of weird. It's like you got uh-huh. everything from just massive farmland, and then you like right in the middle, you've got like, you've got OU, yeah. and then it's like just Very a med- totally different culture from yeah. the whole rest of the state. Oh, it's definitely different. Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, if you if you got listeners in Alabama, OU is the University of Alabama, and then mm-hmm. Oklahoma State's the Auburn. You know, right. it's, I mean, like, <laughs> Texas and Texas A and M. You know, like we're the Austin, Texas city. Much smaller scale, probably. Yeah, see, Austin. this is where I show my ignorance. I have no idea about that. About <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's like you, you got a, a lot of conservative, you know, the rural farming and the other schools. And then this is like More very like- materialistic, I would say, and even, you know, secular in, in this in this. City, yeah. Say it, it, Norman's definitely the more liberal mm-hmm. uh, of the cities in Oklahoma, oh, where sure. you get more up in like Stillwater and stuff. It's still a lot of farm area, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah, still the very, very conservative crowd. Yeah. Which we still don't know which of those we fit in. Probably uh, we probably don't. Don't but. fit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, you know, we've said this often before. We're the most conservative friends our liberal friends have, and we're the most liberal friends our conservative friends have. Ah, so typically. yeah, a pretty much a devil's advocate. Um. You oh know, yeah. Let's let's look at both sides. Let's try to understand. So that lens leads us not to be put in those boxes very easily. I read something the other day about our culture, and I was like, which culture? Yeah, like yeah. our like Western culture, like there's a, there's, I mean, the, the country is very divided politically, of course, mm-hmm. but then within each ethnicity, background, every, every state, there's so much diversity in beliefs and, and, and back and how you, how you define what your culture is. Absolutely. So our, when, you, when I just think it's laughable when people say our culture, 
Yeah. There's a lot, there's not a lot of commonality sometimes. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's a few things that kind of bind everything together, but then there's a whole lot of, there's a lot of gray area. Mm-hmm. Well, so, that was yeah. one of our big issues because I taught at a Native American college. Oh yeah. And so the different, uh, were we going to be a, a teaching white man's religion to Native Americans or uh-huh. who, you know, whose tr- tradition are we honoring? And it became this whole schism at different mm-hmm. points that ha- that we as faculty had to work and say, hey, we're not going to let this be divisive. And how do we pull the students together? So, yes, when you say our culture, who are we referring to? And especially in Oklahoma, because mm-hmm. we do have that Native American population. We have mm-hmm. um, various cultures from around the world because of a lot of the missionary um, endeavors that have gone on and brought people in. Right. And so th- this is a good question. And I don't think people realize in Oklahoma how many ethnicities and nationalities and everything represented within our state there really is uh, i think yeah. everyone just kind of thinks of us as oh the country bumpkin farmland yeah. so yeah. and that's not us yeah <laughs> not so, all of us we, we were watching napoleon dynamite last night and napoleon <laughs> uh claims that he has a girlfriend in oklahoma <laughs> it's kind of I, like i guess i missed that part, part. Yes. yeah i thought we thought that we all laughed about that I think I struggled through it one time. Uh, yeah, I had some roommates in Dallas who loved that movie, and I, I, I was it's okay, but I, it's not it's not my favorite flavor of humor. It's so. kind of a strange film, isn't it? it it's a little weird. Yeah. But okay, so you're at your university yeah, yeah. for five years. Going back to that, yeah. Did you go uh, straight from that into the church plant, or yeah. have you done? So you just I just dropped I just dropped right out of campus ministry, and you know, spring of 2016. And started leading a Bible study. Mm-hmm. I was leading a men's Bible study on Tuesday mornings, a small group of guys. And then we started meeting as a group on Sunday evening at OU in a building called the Forum Building. And then, you know, we've always had really, God's provided very affordable, good places for us to w- worship and gather. And though we've been a small, small group and very little funding, actually, you know, we, we get a little bit of money from the denomination. We've been able to keep the doors open and keep the thing going uh, yeah. for the last three years. And as we've been able to grow and people have been supporting us from outside. And I always say that, I, I, that, is, that I'm so grateful for that, mm-hmm. you know, that people will send money to start this church. Because what they're doing is they're buying us time mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so, so that we can minister the ordinary means of grace, mm-hmm. preaching, sacraments, the fellowship of the saints, praying mm-hmm. for one another, praying for God's provisions. And over time, those things mixed together, the Holy Spirit rains down on those, and they provide and they produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Right. But but you can't. You either got to have a. I think for church planning, you either got to have a massive group from the outset, and, and and just sort of hatch a church that way, or you kind of parachute in like we did. We we didn't have a lot of um, you know fanfare when we started, and the, and the, I read this book called uh, Launch Large, I believe it was, or Plant Large by by a it was a Baptist guy and 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 they just like hey here's the here's the formula just do these things and you will have this massive group right we we kind of you know half heartedly tried those things but but there, there's no one in I don't almost no one in Oklahoma looking for a reformed Presbyterian church plant right seriously I mean we are we are an oddity uh, the, no one has a category for that in Oklahoma and we're the very first in our denomination so I was a, I was an intern at a church called and it was ARP Church Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church in seminary and they mm-hmm. had nothing in Oklahoma hmm. and we're looking at church, starting a church plant. The, the denomination that's affiliated with RUF was not interested in planting a church in Norman. Hmm. So we looked at a couple other places and the opportunities were, were open for us to plant one through the ARP. So we went and got the blessing of the, of the local church pastor in the PCA, which is the denomination we're with, with RUF. And they had, we had their blessing. We didn't want to take anyone from that church right. and, and start from scratch. With a few college students and a couple, couple, you know, adults, and that was it. So y'all yeah. really bootstrapped it. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was telling, I was telling a guy today is that the I was running a five k this morning, and after the five k, I'm sitting around talking to one of the bank presidents here in town. And he was like, you know, he's he's like he's with the church that that folded recently. It was bought out. It was this. This only happens in Norman, Oklahoma, apparently. <laughs> like Dallas, a church in Dallas bought it, like the biggest church in Norman. And, and and that church diminished immediately because we're like, what are they doing buying us? You know, yeah. like they can't buy you can't buy a church. It's like, and so they've moved and started another church, and and that one launched with like 1,100 people the first day. And every time he tells me that story, I'm just kind of like a little bit of me dies and a little bit inside because he's like, <laughs> I'd like to have 1,100 people one day. 
you know, yeah. like on the first day, but 1100 people in one day. And so you're thinking about that. And I told him, I was like, no, I'm having to hustle a little more than that. And like, I, right. I'm like, I told him I was like the worm. I'm Dennis Rod. I'm sorry, sports <laughs> analogy, but Dennis Rodman was, was notorious for hustling, mm-hmm. you know, and not, I'm not, I don't affirm all of his, uh, you know, the cross dressing and all the sure. like, silly stuff he's doing outside of, of NBA basketball when he's a, was a player, but, but he was, he was a hustle guy. He's going to get the loose balls, diving for rebounds. Just we're, we're trying to get, I'm getting out there as much as I can to meet people and build relationships so that God can, can be working that. Yeah. And, and Norman is like, like you said, there's things that happen here with mm-hmm. churches that, that a lot of people, if they kind yeah. of saw, cause I've got a couple different pastor friends and I've heard some of these stories of yeah. stuff that goes on kind of behind the curtain, so to speak. Right. And you just kind of go, wow, it, it, it's almost so much like corporate structures uh-huh. and corporate America type things that go on. Like I, I had a friend who, um, their, their pastor was being, uh, in, encouraged to leave his position because of, I don't know the whole story because of improprieties. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know the details, yeah. but in the process of, of figuring all this out, well, the church bylaws were set up so that, you know, the pastor could make unilateral decisions wow. and just sold all the ch- church resources out from under him. And, and it's stuff like that happens. And you're just like, what are people thinking? Yeah. And so, um, that's a whole nother well, topic. Uh, <laughs> what kind of witness is that to the world? It's a horrible well, witness. Yeah. That's, I agree. Yeah. And, and now, that, that's, that's, that's unfortunately too common. Yeah. It's really too, I mean, like the, the denomination has been with before the PCA, it's been historically very difficult in Oklahoma because you've had situations like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and that'll tank a lot of momentum for the church planning efforts because of the, just the wreckage that leaves, you know, not only just the, for the people outside, but those who go through that mm-hmm. and are betrayed by leaders and shepherds. I mean, like there's a reason in the Bible, God comes down hard on the shepherds of Israel right. throughout mm-hmm. the whole Old Testament. So, and, and so, you know, that's what, that's actually leads into the podcast too, because the, the, the John 10, 10, you know, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more mm-hmm. abundantly or full life versus mm-hmm. the thieves who come to take life and mm-hmm. steal and destroying that, and that's a that's a direct reference and context to the false shepherds, right? You know, so so Jesus is the true shepherd, you know. So that's the that's where that's where kind of kind of an interesting footnote is. is I believe in, in ministry. If 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 I realize, hey, I'm not the guy to lead this church, and I'm getting in the way of it, or there's you know there's temptations, or there's there's sin that that is going to cause this to fail. I need to have the integrity to get out of the way, right? Because it's too important. The calling is too important for me to be. Uh, messing it up in that right. way, and I, yeah. I can I can call I can tank it in a minute. So. Yeah, and, and and anyone can. It's a huge responsibility. And it's great that that to have someone who recognizes that. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things you said, and I want to uh, mm-hmm. touch on this because this is a, a topic that comes up a lot among different church leadership in this town specifically. You said when you planted, you did, there was another church you wanted to get their blessing. You didn't want to take right. their people. And here in Norman, there's a lot of. Uh, and I think it. I think a lot of people come here to plant churches because it is a college town, right. and so every semester you've got fresh people coming into this town who have sure. never been here before. And um, so, uh, what are some of the ways that some of the challenges you've had in getting people? Because like like you're you're not wanting to steal from from other congregations. Mm-hmm. Um, what what have you uh, done to kind of overcome some of that? Yeah. Um, so we we know we noticed right away that there's. 60% of Norman, according to stats, don't go to church or are unconnected with religious life in general. So we thought there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. And so, right, I mean, like, we don't have to get all the same, the Christian guys, but you do need Christians. You need people who are mature, who have some leadership, you know, and some, some wisdom about them, you know, right. to, to be able to help and, mm-hmm. and have a team. So we have sort of a credible online profes- uh, presence out there. And we've seen people, when they do move here, professors and People here, families who want to move back, if they're looking for the kind of church we offer, they'll get online and see what we have to offer, and then they'll show up. And right. that, that's, that, I think that's the best any, any church plant can do is we have a decent, for our size of congregation, online presence. Yeah. And, and, so, and just meeting people out in the, in the community who don't go to church is the best, the best thing I've seen. And so I've, I've gotten really into the business community. Chamber of Commerce, Norman Next, Toastmasters. I do a lot of stuff outside okay. to, of, of church planning and training in the gym uh, so that I can, I can build relationships with people I'm not going to see if I'm just in the office 
praying, writing sermons, and and meeting with the people that already are on board. Uh, that's just that that is that is uh, just a I think a unique point of my ministry at this time is to be one of those who goes and gets people. Right. Versus, well, and yeah. I love the online presence because so mm-hmm. often in today's culture, we hear so many people preaching from the pulpit that online presence is a distraction. You're wasting your time. Let me hit my brother here. Huh. Uh, but the, the idea that being online is somehow sinful uh. and instead of seeing it as a tool that can be used for God's kingdom, mm-hmm. they just want to shun it because it's a tool that's been misused. Mm. And so I love the fact that you're taking advantage of it and you aren't just pushing it away. And then going out, because one of the things I've I heard a pastor, and I'm going to butcher this uh, quotation, he was talking about, you, you preach to the people you hang around. Yeah. And so if you hang around church folks, you're just going to wind up preaching to church folks. You aren't mm-hmm. going to be addressing real issues. So the fact that you're not just kind of cloistered away, yeah. uh, which, you know, I would love to be cloistered away with all my books and all my research stuff. Yeah, that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But then, you wind up with, then you wind up with the same problem that universities are having when you have academics <laughs> writing for other academics, right. with, but not putting out any real useful information at yeah, times. Absolutely. But, yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're doing what works and what is smart and what needs to be done. And I wish more churches would actually follow through with it's extreme. Well, the reason they don't is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to go take the other, like go, go be the cool church mm-hmm. that all the Christians want and, and just appeal to the, to the demographic that's going to yeah. support the thing, you know, versus like preaching to dead people. Like, I mean, like we're preaching to death. I mean, like that's what we believe the Bible teaches that we are dead in sin, mm-hmm. unable to choose God. No one's going to choose him. And, but we, but we, we're compelled to because that's what Romans 10 says is the very way people are born again. Mm-hmm. They come to faith through hearing and, and preaching. Mm-hmm. So preaching's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but you got to get people to give it a shot. You got to get people to get right. in the door. So that's why we go to them. And, and we're, you know, as Luther said one time, Martin Luther said, hey, we're, we're beggars who have found bread and leading other beggars to the bread. Yeah. You got, there's a, there's a, there's a, just a ang- anxiousness to it, urgency. And I, I don't think a lot of people get that kind of anxiousness that, that we need to get this out there and we need to be getting the truth into the hearts and minds of people. Yeah. Um, that's the latest marketing campaign. What's the, if we are being online, then we're looking for the greatest hashtag. We're looking for the greatest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel cute. So I might preach a sermon today kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah, I actually played off that earlier today with Instagram, but yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I wish you'd cons- had a consulted me on that. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll talk about that later. We're not a church. We're <laughs> That's here. True. We're, true. We're just people having conversation. You got to keep your brand consistent, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, and that's the thing. I think people who a lot of times think being a part of a church plant is just about being cool. Yeah. And it, it's not. Oh, and it's not cool. <laughs> no. You are weird. If you're a Christian in a church plant, you are weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Christians are weird. So here's the thing. My neighbors, I've lived in two houses in Norma, first neighbors. They're the nicest people in the whole world. They are gems. And, and we, were, we were like, hey, we're going to start a church. And they looked at us like, that is the strangest thing we've ever heard because they go to like a really good church. Yeah. I mean, there are great churches that are going to mm-hmm. preach the Bible and, and they're going to pastor them well. They're going to marry them, baptize their kids. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And they have a great small group, but that's where the Christians are going to go when they move here. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they move here from Waco, they got a job at, at Norman. If they move here from Dallas, wherever they're coming from, Tulsa, they're going to look online and find the cool churches, the big three or four that everyone's going to, the Christians go to. But the church plants statistically are going to get 50 to 60% of their growth from people who don't already go to church. Mm-hmm. And, and that, those kind of churches that are filled with Christians really freak out the non-believers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Know, the, 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 the pagans. You know, the pagans are not going to go to that church. Like, like they're not going to go to First Baptist. I don't want to say just First Baptist, but... But, you know, the, the ones they think of when you think of church, you know, the big ones, um, the, the big mega churches in town. So that's why, we, that's why church planning is the way to go, I think. Every, every church needs to be planning churches beyond yeah. just, just the little ones. Well, actually, I had a friend, I mentioned something about a, a church plant in Norman one time, and one of my friends, who is a believer, mm-hmm. um, she asked, uh, well, why, does, why does Norman need another church? There's a church on uh, just about every block here. What would you say? And, and I, I said, you know, I said, at the time, I said I don't know, but I had, to, but I had to think about it because uh-huh. uh, that's one of those questions that you get a lot. I mean, uh-huh. I know you probably get that a lot yeah. as a church planner. Uh, but, but I thought, you know, the question—it's it, practical, but it's also it's 
as a believer is kind of cynical because if you think about it, if we are evangelizing, if we are going out and building relationships and drawing people Mm -hmm. in, eventually the existing structures just aren't going to hold us if if we're actually doing our job. And so it's kind of cynical to think that we, that we won't grow beyond our current capacity. Yeah. (laughs) And so that, that was one of the conclusions that I kind of realization that came to me. It was like, oh no, we, we do need to be planning churches because if, if we're not, then then what are we doing? Yeah, and that's that the question is why, and then, then then the answer is well, which church do you go to? And when they say I don't, then this is why we're playing church, right? Because there's sixty three out of five people do not go to church, right? And then even in those two out of five that do go to church, it's maybe one in six weeks, right? Once in six weeks, you know, or, or once in every two months, you know, it's like it's not very. I mean. We're talking dying on the vine, okay? If the means of grace is the way Holy Spirit works, corporately, we have not just numbers problems, but health problems. Right. You know, we are unhealthy mm-hmm. due to whatever we've done to de-church people out of church. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and, you know, I hadn't thought about, I, I kind of, as you were talking about the people that are attracted to church plants, mm-hmm. you know, they're... I can see several of my friends who definitely aren't going to go to that cool church or the church where the Christians go. And so that, that gritty aspect of it and the people who, and I say gritty because most of my friends who were unchurched, uh, they, you know, they're kind of rough around the edges mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to be swearing and drinking and smoking mm-hmm. and you know, all of the stuff that we were taught as good Southern Baptist kids, you don't do. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of church people won't associate with them. Right. Where I think if in a church plant, there's more openness to, hey, we're going to walk with you right. and help you bring your life into alignment as an organic process. We don't just expect you to switch it all off right. and because you woke up this morning and decided to believe. We, we recognize that you're a living, breathing being. You're in process. And, yeah. 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 And so I, I hadn't really thought about the church plant meeting that yeah. side of humanity's That's needs. Good. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm processing it all as I'm trying to, I, they say building a plane while flying a plane. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we've, we're launching, but we're like very, I mean, we're at the Death Star that's not even completely built. Yeah. Know, we, we, can, we can shoot the laser, but we got holes. Right. You know, so <laughs> we're, we're very, we're struggling a lot of ways. Well, and, and I think there is a, a part of the church plant that kind of attracts people to that uh-huh. because there are so many churches that are so big. And you have these production elements that sometimes maybe feel a little bit Mm off-putting. And and it's one of those things that if you're going to be an authentic uh, portrayal of of who Jesus is, and you're trying to be authentic to the size of your congregation and and work through these things together with people who are coming in, you're not going to have all these production elements. And I've been to the the church plant that tried to have all the production elements. Mm. And... You know, there were eight people in the whole room, uh, can, including me and my wife and the pastor yeah. and the music leader and his backup singer. Yeah. And they've got these speakers that are, you know, big mains that would fill up a, a huge auditorium. We're like in a uh, we're in like a, a grocery storefront that's about the size of maybe a little bigger than a 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. They've got a little uh, rug put out to kind of demarcate where this, you know, where the stage area would be. Yeah. And... And it's, uh, you know, they've got like five rows of yeah. of chairs and you're just like, we've got seven people here, guys. It's very and, humble. Yeah and, yeah. and it's, but, but they're like, they were trying to have these big production things and it was, it was like they were trying to, to be something they weren't mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. And, and in a way that was just Whereas not conducive where if, where if, you know, to me, I'm like, you know, let's, uh, let's maybe take some of the chairs out. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we know we're not going to be over this many let's grow together uh-huh. and figure out how to put things in perspective as opposed to trying to yeah. to overwhelm people or trying to to have these big production elements because i and and that's that's kind of a preference thing on my part i don't care for the uh you know smoke machines and yeah, yeah. laser lights and all that stuff i, I like it simple i like <laughs> I, I just open the bible read the scripture pray <laughs> yeah. sing a little bit you know but but yeah you're, you're not the you're not going to be the big mega church you know from the outset if that's your goal then then you have that, have that be part of the process and map that out. Right. But, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a really weird situation when you've got a praise band of seven people and there's only eight people in the room. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Yeah. And you're just playing over people at that Uh point. And, and, uh, yeah. And, and I, I kind of, me personally, I kind of think that, that some 
I'm not and I'm not going to categorize all mega churches, but I think I think some churches get so big because they're not doing enough to raise up leadership ah. who can go out and plant the churches and that's right. that's opinion. I haven't done any market research, haven't you know, haven't yeah. done anything like that. But I think we should be able to see better leadership being grown up in these churches mm-hmm. to to where, you know, instead of having one church of 2000, you maybe have, you know, 100 churches of 200 or something, well, you you're, know. You're sending, you're sending, you're in movement, mm-hmm. you're you're in motion. Now, now to to just to piggyback on my training thing, I don't think I should have a client for years and years and years and years and years. You know, like this person should be equipped to go out anywhere they are and get a good workout mm-hmm. without me. Right. They should know exactly what to do. And so you're not dependent upon that leader. Mm-hmm. You, you have the leadership developed yeah. in the gym to where you know what you're doing. Yeah. And, and you, you can go out and do ministry. So yeah, the, the, the churches ought to organically crop up through, oh, well, these guys are living in this part of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Let's start a Bible study and meet some neighbors and see how it goes. And then if you get a, few, a little momentum, then you can start another church. Yeah. And that way you got more people reached versus we all got to drive over here to Tecumseh and 36th or whatever it is, you know, like that, that place, just let it, let it kind of organically start, you know, like <laughs> that you know, place. Yeah, over yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. Whatever place. Yeah. So, so it, well, it, it doesn't make sense to go to that place when you got people there. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no you're fine. We yeah, talk it, over each other all the time. Yeah. yeah. It, well, and that's one thing like, and when we moved, uh, cause me and Mickey, uh, my wife, we were, we were, um, both living in Texas. And when we got engaged, we talked about when we moved back up here, there was a church in Edmond that she liked when she was living up in North OKC that uh-huh. she said she wanted to go to. And I, I told her, I'm like, I don't feel right about having my church community be, Our you know, way. 45 mm-hmm. hour drive away from where I am. I want it to be part of the community I'm in. And that's one of the things. And I, I get a little discouraged whenever I go to uh, whenever I go out and about and I don't see any of my friends from church mm-hmm. anywhere I go. And it's like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. where, where is everyone? What are we doing? Well, right. and then there's the breakdown in accountability. So when you have those smaller uh, churches where you do know people in the church, mm-hmm. where if you go to a large church, a lot of times you don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And being able to build those relationships that you have the accountability worked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be responsive mm-hmm. and it's not just a letter of a law thing because after we, we hit a certain point in numbers, then it, it just has to be letter of the law mm-hmm. as far as no grace and no understanding and no compassion to help people build back up. And so I, I see where the church plants really allow people, like I said, doing that organic growth mm-hmm. and allowing God to work in their, their lives in a very, um, you know, whatever, whatever speed he needs to do it, whatever speed they're responsive at, what, you know, being able to do it at, yeah. whereas a collaboration, it's not just, you need to step up and look this way, talk this way. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. The I, personal touch there. Oh yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not against large churches in general. <laughs> I, I want to make that clear because I do think there are some who, who do a good job at allocating their uh-huh. people and dividing up into teams and then pooling those resources to get other things done. But I, I just think I've seen some bad examples of people not doing that. And it's weird. <laughs> no, it's, I'm thinking like in church history, it's weird. Like, it, I don't know if it's ever been like that, but it's weird. It is. So, so you're thinking about like, we have celebrity pastors, uh-huh. you know, it's an American thing, I believe. I, I, I it, do like believe. Celebrity it, pastors. Yeah. Like, well, it, pastors and be famous. Aussie thing too now, apparently. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, Hillsong, yeah. Those guys. <laughs> yeah, but they're, I would say they're probably using an Amer- very American style, Western style yeah. thing that they have going on there. So it's culturally similar. So there's a cultural mm-hmm. similarity thing. But yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, like most of the church has been, what I'd like to picture is the end of Star Wars Episode Eight. You've got a beleaguered group surviving uh-huh. in a cave. I mean, yeah. like that's that's the church historically. Mm-hmm. Beleaguered, lamenting Psalms. You've got, you know, like God's holding out rewards to say, hey, keep going. Right. You know, like the, like, like the, the, the life is great message every week doesn't resonate with where most people live. Right. Yes. You know, right. And, and, and there's, there's a, a full spectrum of emotions available in the in the gospel message to 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 speak to versus everybody being excited with the big group all the time passionate mm-hmm. that is not what we see in scripture mm-hmm. right that's that's, a, that's, a, that's more of a more overrealized eschatology intruding upon mm-hmm. the current situation right right you know and so so you're thinking about that 
And you're like, is this even like the best model? You know, like let's, let's divide. And the one thing that really drew me to this, when I was in seminary, I was part of the ARP church there. I was an intern. And we had for the first time ever, not the pastor, but a ruling elder who would come to our house, sit down with us, ask us about our lives, pray with us. They'd pray with us in the church service occasionally, pray for us up front, you know, mm-hmm. different families. And that, like you mentioned, Emily, the, the personal connection, because there's a plurality of elders in a Presbyterian church to where you've got the minister who's a teaching elder, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have men who have the qualifications of the, of the eldership who are, are you know, doing other jobs, but mm-hmm. are part of the session who are overseeing and shepherding the people in the church. So that there's a great advantage to having a plurality of leadership because yeah. I'm one guy. I, I have zero time for seeing that many people and having that much connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that would be necessary. Well, and that's I I, I love the the idea of churches having like mm-hmm. a, a teaching mm-hmm. a teaching pastor, yeah. and then you have some you know, like I said, like the elders who are kind of taking over some leadership stuff and doing mm-hmm. maybe more some administrative type stuff because. The, the, there is a big emphasis in American churches. I don't know about how it is in, in you know, particularly like the ones we've been around, like Baptist and, yeah. you know, because uh, that's mostly our background, is there is just so much just thrown on the pastor where he is the person who's mm-hmm. taking care of, he's in charge of building maintenance, he's in charge of yeah. the budget, he's in charge of just all these things. And so I like that idea where you have the teaching pastor and they can, they can zero in on teaching um, because when you're wearing so many different hats, I mean, it's to the point where there is a, a company and, I, uh, and I'm not going to name them, uh, but there are companies out there that, and I actually wrote for one of them for a while uh-huh. writing that they write sermon outlines and put together um, uh, the slides, uh, slides and, oh, yeah. and things for pastors for sermons. Don't give my secrets away, man. The, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I think it's, I think it's a, an interesting setup. Uh-huh. Um, because you do get so bogged, the pastors, you get you so bogged down. You don't have time to, to you prepare. Have, you don't have time to pray or spread the word for yourself. And yeah, like, that's amazing. That's how, that's, that's not what we signed up for. Yeah. And you now I'm, I have nothing yeah. against that company. I realize sometimes you just get overwhelmed with life and you need some help. Resources. And, and I, like I wrote for them and I had a great time and I, I you know, I, I think it would be fun to do again if I ever get more time because it's just, you know, you're putting yourself right yeah. in there where your job is research and it's like, oh, this is fun. Um, so <laughs> All the time in the Bible. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful. But um, that's your job. That's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, we could. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I love that. But I, we could talk church uh, oh, yeah. theory all day. So one thing I want to talk about um, is so you are a certified personal trainer. Sure. As well as a pastor. Right. So. To me, that's kind of a weird combination to hear because we grew up in small town Oklahoma, where you didn't exercise; you were, you worked. You know, you like we grew up on the farm, and yeah. you worked. You, you hauling hay, and people. And no joke, uh, my dad, me, me, and my dad worked the farm a little bit. Uh, most of that was my uncles and things, but we also we did lawn work. We hauled brush. We would do all this stuff. So we were always just doing manual labor stuff growing up. And dad would, would, would laugh about gyms. He was like, he's like, I lose weight every summer when I go to work. Yeah. And so to me and that, and also seeing a bunch of pastors, uh, and this is no slight on pastors, but in this, in the the rural area, the pastor is not the person who's working out a lot. Typically, um, (laughs) the buffet, they generally like pie. Um, Peach cobbler and Pe- pa- banana pudding. Come on, Fried get it right. Every Sunday. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. T- to me, hearing the, this uh, this connection, and this is something you know, Emily and I can attest to this. We we were um, our family when we're until we hit about thirty. Our metabolism is such that like we like I was one hundred and twenty pounds when I got married. Oh yeah, they're fighting weight right there. And yeah. like. <laughs> I mean, that was just it. I, I you could UFC it, right? Yeah, there. and I've yeah. gained I've gained eighty pounds since I got married. But like my metabolism just you hit you know, thirty five and it just quit. yeah, like my body decided it was it was done uh, taking up the slack uh-huh. on its own. So this is actually like this podcast may actually be kind of a cry for help. This is actually a conversation <laughs> oh, yeah. my wife and I have had. Is that I probably need to she's pushing for this. Yeah, one. yeah. I she's she's been really good. She's uh-huh. been really good. But um, but you know it it. 
you know, I'm not huge, but I could probably stand to lose a little bit. So right. talk to me about your journey into getting to be a personal trainer and sure. how that fits in with your life as a pastor. Yeah, I, honestly, I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for the health transformation I experienced um, five, almost five years ago. So 20, I guess October 2014, I was probably my biggest I'd ever been. I was like 245 weight wise. And I, I mean, I'd been working out since college, high school football, rugby in college, always had a gym membership. Mm-hmm. I'd go in the gym and get uh, literally no results. I don't, I don't, I don't think I would, my philosophy of eating was eat as much as you can for as little amount of money as you can. Yeah. <laughs> zero, zero attention to anything nutrition wise. And so I, I was, I mean, I was getting a little chunkier all the time. And about um, that year, January, 2015, I signed up for a contest at Gold's Gym in Norman. And you had to, you had to sign up for personal training for two, two, I, I signed up for two sessions a week with a personal trainer. I didn't have, you know, real big hopes for this, but it was 12 week commitment. And I, I was at that point, I was going to listen to anything that person told me. In my, in my family history, there was another, another you know, cousin of mine who was eight years ahead of me in life and had just had a heart attack and died and left mm, his wow. you know, family behind there and, uh, in Arkansas. And so that was sort of maybe in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. There's all these life events that kind of you know, unconsciously maybe affect you and your, and your, and your decision-making. And, but I was, I'd say just in God's providence, I, I came across this contest trainer reached out to me and said, Hey, we think you got a chance of doing good in this thing. And, and, win. and so there's money involved. You could win a prize if you, if you won. Yeah. So 12 week commitment, thought I'd go for it. And went home and told my wife, I was like, I think I want to do this. And Meredith said, okay, well you go for it. And it's, it, it required for me a lot of selfishness for that 12 weeks to, to really hit the gym every morning, mm-hmm. six days a week, do what they told me to do. Actually start logging my calories in my fitness pal. Everything I put in my mouth, if I wasn't willing to put it on the, in the app, I didn't put it in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I was absolutely committed, <laughs> 100% to everything they told me to do. Okay. And I lost 48 pounds, um, 11% body fat, lots of inches. So what was involved in that was before pictures, measurements, tracking, mm-hmm. every time you go in the gym, what do you weigh? And so every morning I log on the fitness pal and I log my weight. And I, and I measure, you know, where I am. And so I think the, the progress I started to see from all the measurements and, and the tracking and the, the good direction I was getting really encouraged me mm-hmm. to stick with it. And I started seeing, hey, the weight was coming off quick. So I lost all, that, all the weight, got in shape. I was looking for the next challenge. And so I started taking guys with me and showing them how to do that. They started getting results. And then eventually I got certified with the American Council of Exercise to be a trainer. And I started taking guys with me. I was, I was charging them like $10 a week to, to meet with me twice <laughs> over at Cross Point Church's gym. Yeah. You know, they have some weights over there and a basketball gym. And I was running them through kind of a boot camp two times a week. And they were having great results and, and things were going well. So one of the guys I was training ended up saying, hey, why don't you take your show over to Downtown Fitness? Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, been, I've been training you know, several clients a week now at downtown fitness and another gym in town, you know, and I'm building up an arsenal at home to maybe, maybe be able to train some people at home if I, if that nice. ever comes about. So, but yeah, it's a, it's been a, a passion of mine just seeing how that, like I said, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing if I wasn't in shape or had gotten the transformation. Cause I feel like it's made me a better minister, mm-hmm. better husband, better dad. Honestly, I, I have more energy feel better. Uh, just, I, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine life the way it was before after these last four or five years, a different person. So, so it's like a second kind of born again moment. It's my, it's my charismatic <laughs> yeah. moment, you know, where I've got these gifts, you know, like that I had, didn't have before, you know, to, to make a theology joke, but, but really, I mean, it is, it has been a life changer. Yeah. So, and I love to give that a gift to other people. So. I'll say that's, that's encouraging. Cause that, that's something I've, I've been trying to figure out like what, mm-hmm. in, I'm not making any promises, especially not on mic right now, Um, (laughs) but that's one of the things I've noticed, like just kind of the last few years, I've really kind of slowed down. And part of it too, is we've got two kids. So those Uh take a lot of energy anyway, but especially your two. 
Ah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're three they're and sweet. five. They're sweet. And they're, they're great kids, but man, yeah. they have so much more energy. That's the part that appeals to me because I, you know, especially the last couple of years, it's like I sit down to read and I make it a few paragraphs and I'm like, yeah, Dozy. nodding off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that's the part that, that appeals to me about it. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, the energy um, level. Yeah. That's because, mm-hmm. and it, it's well, one of those things better. That, you'll sleep better. It just compounds. <laughs> and then once you get a certain point, your, your resting metabolic rate is so good that you can eat anything. Like you can drink all the beer you want, eat all the food you want. And it's, it's, it, you're des- it's the way you're designed. You ought to, yeah. you ought to, you function so well when you're physically trained. And yeah. so I don't call it exercise. I call it training. You know, sure. you're, 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 you got some goals and you're training for those goals. You know, whether it's a weight loss goal or you want to fit into a certain dress for a certain time or whatever or it's hours want to be able to play with my grandkids or kids you know that yeah. every everybody has a different story so when i'm meeting a new client i'm always like hey what is what's your what's your what do you want to do mm-hmm. what's worked before what kind of injuries or, or conditions do you have that are going to put limits on you mm-hmm. and we need to know those and then start get to work yeah mm-hmm. and say and it, it really is amazing like the, the way the human body is designed because it sounds counterintuitive yeah like when you think about starting it it's like Wait, I'm going to eat less uh-huh. and I'm going to work more, yeah. but I'm going to get more energy. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't sound that's like... the way That's the way the gospel, right? It's like it doesn't make it's upside down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And backwards. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, now I got to say I took first steps. I put air in the bike tires the other week and ah. now I actually have to get on it. That's the, <laughs> you, that's the first step, right? You got to have air in the tires. So, so I know... Um, I know recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, I listened to you did a podcast on procrastination, uh-huh. which this has been part of part of your journey as uh-huh. as a trainer. Is you started a podcast because you want to talk to people about integrating integrating this into your life, mm-hmm. and it, it's got me thinking. You know, it hasn't got me acting yet, but I'm uh, we're, we're working that. I love it, um, <laughs> but it does have me thinking. Um, but um, what what would you? What's your advice to people who want to get started? Um, who just have no background in exercise and, and fitness or anything mm-hmm. like that. Well, it's, it's the first commandment of being fully alive. We have, we start, we have a new one on that one. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't seen that one yet. I'm, okay. I think I'm like three episodes behind. You're, you're right there. You're getting there. The first commandment is don't be gullible. Okay. Okay. Don't think it's going to be easy. Right. Don't listen to all the scoffers out there say it's no big, you, you'll be fine. You're going to be fine. Let the false prophets say everything's going to be fine. <laughs> peace, you know? peace where there yeah, is no right. peace. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're, it's not fine. You're not okay. You know, that's the thing. You have to say, hey, I'm not okay to where you're willing to listen. You mm-hmm. know, and that, that's that when, when we get certified, you talk about building rapport with clients and, and you have to listen and see, are they, are, is this person ready to train? Okay. A lot of people are going to start and not finish. Sure. They're not going to progress. And, and that's, it's, it's a heart, it's a heart thing. Right. So, so you have to be like at the, in the gutter, like, get me out of here. Yeah. I have to move. I, I, I'm ready. And that's a lot, that's a lot of times where it's middle age and you're like, Hey, I've got to do something here or it's mm-hmm. going to continue to go downhill. So that's what I'd say is, is don't be gullible and listen to your coach, whoever your coach is, whoever that guy is, you're listening to, you can get a, a live guy like me. Or you can get a guy online, or you can get you know just anybody that that's has a more objective view than you do of right. yourself. You know somebody who's going to see not only your weaknesses but where you could go. Your a vision for you that's bigger than what you could think. Because that was for me. That was a, that was a key. He's like, okay, we're two forty. How much weight do you want to lose? Oh, twenty pounds would be great. I had no idea. Right. I had no idea that it was possible to lose forty eight pounds in twelve weeks, but they did. And they knew what, what, what it took and right. I didn't have, I, and so I, I liked it. The, the journey of the fully alive deal was I want to get my stuff out there. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm only one guy. I'm talking to one person at a time. If I can get it on, I just spit there on the mic. Sorry. It's a, it's, yeah. no, that's the yeah, guest that's, mic. Okay. So it's oh good. yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry. <laughs> if I can get it out there to other people, get it online, get it, get it, get a canon, you know, so to speak mm-hmm. of, of what the, what we do, what we believe and be able to get the gospel out there a little more then it's a win-win. I enjoy it thoroughly. It's a little bit extra work for me, but you guys love it too. You love doing a podcast. So, oh, yeah. so getting it's a lot out, of fun. Get, getting it out there, <laughs> so much fun. And and so so if I can if I can move uh the ball a little uh, further along, get that stuff out there. So I do like workout stuff on there, um nutrition stuff, general general themes, you know, uh, uh, related to this. I did one today um about parenting. Yeah. Just cuz that's an anxious anxious time, you know, of life and and it weighs on you. <laughs> and that's the gullibility of that. Like, of like people just wanting to tell you 
ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's complexities there. You know, there's right. complexities there of like every kid's different. You know, every situation's different. Your your wife may be working, your wife may not be working, you may be at home, you may not be like everybody's got different factors. So I like to have a fixed philosophy, but then flexible flexibly apply it. Right. You know, to each individual. So when you were the trainer, a good trainer is going to look at you and be like, uh, assess where you are uh, and not just give you a cookie cutter workout and, right. and look at your goals and figure out where, where you need to go and, and, and know where to, how to take you there. So, so I, I, it's, it's exactly like following the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Lordship. It's, it's, it's the kingdom. Uh, and, 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 and the kingdom has to be like, you got to go in, as Jesus says, and bind the strong man and overcome him. Yeah, the strong man is our sin nature, and sure. it's 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 one to overeat. It's one. It's not knowing what to do, and so on on the Bible or in the gym. Yeah, a lot of people know just enough to be dangerous, <laughs> right? You know, it's like like they just, they can go in there and get themselves hurt. Yeah, or they can hurt people. You know, and so like for instance, Christianity. They're like, oh, Jesus just loves people. Okay, like mm-hmm. well, that's very unnuanced. Okay, like, <laughs> like let's, let's talk about what that actually looks like. You know, uh, so you know, I just want to be like, Jesus. I'm going to love people. So that is, is that really what the Bible says at its heart? Okay. So, okay. So yeah, we can go in the gym. You think you got to just go bench press and, you know, bicep curls and you're gonna be fine. Well, no. <laughs> right. Treadmill. <laughs> I, it's like, you got to actually do, you got to have some more information. Okay. So, so what, what do you say to people? Cause one of the things I've heard is, okay, if you're going to work out and you're going to put all this time into your mm-hmm. diet, that's so self-centered. And that's counter to what the Bible says. Uh And so why in the world would a Christian spend time and money at a gym when they could be studying or preaching or whatever? Uh, So how do you... Have have you heard that before? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) You know, I feel like, the yeah, I get that. And, and, you know, to your point earlier about the Baptist minister in Oklahoma who's really out of shape and like, well, those guys didn't grow up with Arnold Schwarzenegger and they didn't grow up with, with, with... WWF, you know, like, I mean, like, th- that, like for me, those are like, you know, icons, you know, and sports is like, I mean, like sports have become a bigger deal too. It's like sure. heroes have these like chiseled bodies and, and work on their physiques and, and, and the, well, steroids are a factor too, you know, right, like, right. but, but, you know, it's just like, like these ideas of like, that's a, that's a healthy image, you know, that's our, that's a, that's an obsessive thing that people are into these days. Well, so I'm not, I'm not obsessed like that, but I feel like that's a, it's something that more and more people are getting into is mm-hmm. more fitness stuff. I, I mean, I just think you, you got to be aware of, I'm going to spend some selfish time working on me because that's like studying and working out. One's not more holy than the other. We have this sort of, I, this scale of, of the ladder of, of spirituality and we yeah. put the, the eating and working out way down here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to preach the gospel and do missions work here. And then you've got your quiet times here and your worship here. Well, I mean, or, you know, helping the poor. Like, it's like, literally, if you don't have the energy and the stamina mm-hmm. uh, to read and to study, you're going you're, you're to be less efficient. Right. I think you can be way more efficient if you're focused. And that's another, that's another, I mean, just another challenge to overcome to where you're going to be like, well, you're going to have more confidence because you're using principles in God's world due to his providence and his ordering of creation and, and, and the order that you can see and taking principles through common grace insights and applying those, that actually gives you more faith in God and confidence that, right. that you put in work and God's in it. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah, j- doing any job, one job's not better than the other. That's, that was a big reformation point. You know, is that, that is the, the, the holy people are not the ones in the monastery, right? <laughs> they're out there, you know, like sacking groceries or whatever, they're, whatever, like whatever the thing is that you're called to do. Yeah. You know, shredding paper, just be the best paper shredder you can be. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like so, that. Yeah. We actually covered some of that on the last podcast. Yeah. Beautiful. Because yeah, so. we will you talk about Joseph and the way, you know, he worked with integrity. Well, this is how mm-hmm. he rose in, in ranking. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. a lot of us tend to think, oh, well. Yeah, he, just, he was. It was just a wonderful gift from the Lord that God just put that in His hands. But it's like, no, he hard work. People saw that God was with him through His actions. Mm. So, yeah, hard work's never fun. Well, I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we're coming up on time. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Is there anything? Okay, a couple things. So I already asked you about you know someone wanting to get started on working out. Oh yeah. So you're also big on church planning. Yeah. What's your advice? If you could give like just a little bit of advice to someone who wanted to start 
not asking for us, just for anyone listening. Dear God, well, not us. No, please. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about that off mic. But no, <laughs> the, what's your advice for someone who who thinks God's calling them to to start mm. in with church planning? What would you say to them? Mm. Fascinating. That's a great question. Why? <laughs> Why would you do this? No, no it's a, no, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, the, I, I, I'll go back to Charles Spurgeon, letters to his students. He says, "If you can go and do anything else besides this, go and do it." Right. That's that's a great great line, you know, by by the Prince of Preachers there, Charles Spurgeon. You gotta. You, if you want to do this, you. I'm going to use a mentor guy's line. He says, "You need to be willing to be dirty with the sheep." I think he's what he says. You need to be willing to be with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and a lot of the messiness of their lives and, and, uh, and be authentic and transparent, you know, be honest about life in general and, and, and be willing to do some maybe unorthodox things. I, I don't think there's, I wouldn't take my model and say, do this, but, but maybe, maybe kind of be creative a little bit yeah. on, on what you're going to be. So, so I think, but just having a, you, you got to ask, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say know yourself. And get get other people's advice, and and then go from there. Get get you know get a lot of feedback from other people yeah. and encouragement, and get sent. I would I would go. I'd plant a denominational church. Plant a, don't go on your own. Right. Plant a church from from someone else who's going to lay their hands on you, pray for you, support you, and send you elsewhere. That's what I would say. Sounds like good advice. Well, Justin, tell everyone real quick before we head out where they can find you online um, ah. if they're interested in just podcast or personal training yeah. or uh, also Trinity. I mean, you're, yeah. you're you're a guy with a lot going on. Too many hats. So, I? yeah. So, trinitynorman.com is our church website. Okay. So, you can get on there, find, you know, sermons, um, anything that we're doing on there it's i mean it's it's not a very dynamic website but it gets it done you yeah know, it has like the, the, we've the got centers. one yeah yeah we got one of those for for raven creek so if you, yeah <laughs> if you want to know where we meet it's it's 324 west main street common ground 10 30 every sunday okay we got various if you're if you're looking for a great men's bible study you got one of those tuesday morning at 6 30 we go through we're going through books of the bible been through romans uh, so that's open to anybody. I do uh, you know stuff like that. Uh, training wise, if you want to get in on that, the best way to get in on that, if you got questions, even I'll take questions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to meet up, we can do that too. But Justin Westmoreland at gmail dot com is my email. Happy to happy to answer any questions. And then um, I work out with people all over, when, wherever and, and whenever um, we can do it. So so just that that's that. And then. Um, the Fully Alive podcast, so that is on YouTube okay. and on, I think it's eight other like places where you can listen to podcasts. Yeah, so I, I know I, I get it through the Apple podcast app yeah. and uh, I saw that you're hosted through Anchor, so anyone uh-huh. who's got Anchor uh, app, they can do that. Um, the, guys who, the guys who know podcasts, it's Fully Alive podcast is what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you, if you found us, you can probably find him, just go to... Apple iTunes, Apple Podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if I can speak and search fully live podcast. And we'll put a link in the notes. Yes. Well, That'd I'll put, also put a link in the notes. You guys are so kind. Well, we got to have you. I got to have you on uh, our our podcast <laughs> and we'll do a transformation <laughs> story. That's right. So I'm waiting. I'm going to wait till the transformation happens. We'll, we'll have to. It, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about it after the school year ends. That's when <laughs> okay. that's when I, I might be more interested in that. Gotcha. <laughs> Right now, things are it's a little. It's it's the end of the school year, and your your wife works at actually at the same school. I that, love it that that me and my wife work at. Uh-huh. So you know how the end of the school year gets for yeah. teachers. So um, absolutely. Anyway, well, for everyone else out there in internet land, um, so great. Come back and see us, uh, Justin. Thanks so much for coming on the show sure, and sharing some time. I'm too much leg here. Uh, it's okay. I was actually kind of worried you might think because this the lighting's really bad uh-huh. in this room and. I'm kind of worried you might look too pale, but oh, I, yeah. I promise you in person, he's got a healthy complexion. <laughs> he's a, I'm not, I'm not showing very well for the online crowd. They're like, so, who is this pasty ghost guy? Yeah. We're our studio. We still have to, to get some lighting in here, but oh, anyway, but yeah, great. come back, join us next week. It's if, a pleasure. Oh yeah. And uh, if anyone out there, you want to be part of the conversation, ravencreeksc.com gets you to every place, uh, also hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Raven Creek SC. 
And if you really like the show, patreon.com slash ravencreeksc. Help keep the lights going. Maybe get us some better lighting. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that being said, thanks for coming and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've heard, please write us a review on iTunes or consider supporting us on patreon.com slash ravencreeksc. As always, thank you for listening and don't forget to join us next week.